0: Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are Power for Impact. When career ambition and conversion collide, What's left standing, what do you do, where do you go? Whether you're a committed younger Christian choosing a career path, or a middle-aged professional new to faith, ambition, money, and faith need to be thought through. Life needs purpose. We need to be confident in the choices that we're making and their long-term impact on our lives, our families, and the world. Today's guest is Mike Gentile, a husband, father of five, and a successful investor. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Lift off and the clock has started.
0: Mike Gentile, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ron.
0: <laughs> it's great to have you with us. You know, years ago, Father James and I were going for a long drive, and I can't remember where we were going, and I do not remember what we were talking about. But at one point he looked at me and he said, Ron, do you think we could have this same conversation if this was being recorded? <laughs> I thought, such a weird question. Why do you ask? And he was at that point, birthing the whole idea of podcast. And it wasn't long after that that we tried it for the first time. But I have to say, Mike, you're one of those people in my life that I wish our conversations were just recorded because they're so much fun and I enjoy talking with you. (laughs) So this is our first kick at the cat. First
1: recorded
0: conversation, let's try it. First recorded conversation, (laughs) I love it. Well, Mike, for those of you that uh, don't know Mike, which I'm assuming is probably 99.9% of you, Mike is a dear friend. He is a father of five living in Montreal, Canada. He loves... Jesus loves his church and he's just a go-getter in his career. And Mike, that's why I wanted to have you on. And if this is kind of a selfish podcast, if I could, because my son is 21 years old and uh, my daughter's 19 and they're both in university and and uh, they're wrestling with what they want to do with their life and, they, uh, and, and how ambitious should they be? Like, should they be striving to, to make a lot of money so that they can have nice things? Or is that, is that something they should do and, and as a Christian? Like, is that even cool to do? And I thought, you know what? I want to talk to my buddy, Mike. We're going to have this conversation because I know you have a, a story as it relates to that around your conversion. So why don't you share with us when you came to faith and, and career and how those things merged? Because I know that's a real crossroads for young people.
1: Absolutely. And, and when you reached out, around about this topic, it really struck a chord in my heart because something I'm uh, very passionate about and uh, don't have many chances to speak about it. You know, I've spoken about it in a few talks given here and there, but it's not really a topic that I've had a chance to really delve into. And, and when, you, when you said it, really, my heart leaps that it's something really needs to be talked about in our church and to young people and old people across the board. So I'll tell you a bit of my story, I guess. Uh, I mean, I discovered my career passion before I discovered my passion for Jesus and for the church. So I'm one of those rare individuals. I kind of knew what I wanted to do when I was 10 years old. Uh, I had an elementary school project in grade four about the stock market. And I was think I was 10 or 11 at the time. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I thought the stock market was amazing. And we were kind of buying pretend stocks of, Labatt because my dad drank Labatt beer, or McDonald's because we to go to McDonald's for breakfast sometimes. So like, I got to follow these companies, and anyway, long story short, I fell in love with the stock market. So from 11 <laughs> years old onwards, I knew that's what I wanted to do, and I think it's pretty rare these
0: days. Yes, Most it is. Yeah, I want to be want a uh, astronaut, and I never did make it to space. So good for yeah. you.
1: I, just not sure. I wanted to be a hockey player first, but my dad crushed that dream. That right before I discovered the stock market, he told me there's no chance in hell I was going to ever be an NHL hockey player and, and stay in school. So he crushed my spirit at 10 years old and uh, forced me to focus on academics, which was a very good decision and wise. Thank you, Father, for that. But
0: uh, <laughs> Big shout out to your dad.
1: My, sec- my second career option was more, more, more doable, I think, for me at the time. <laughs> so, so, yes, I, I was just passionate about the stock market. And I guess I was very driven. I guess, you know, in high school, I slacked off a lot and didn't do much work. But when I finally got serious in university, I'm like, I really want to do this. And I was kind of all hands on deck. I'm kind of a triple A personality. Uh, everything I do, either do it 110% or I don't do it at all. And so I was really, really motivated to, to get that dream job in the stock market. I had no connections in my family. I had no money. So I didn't have I had access to get to that kind of job. It's very competitive. So I kind of worked really hard at university, got really good grades, gone to a co op program, I worked my butt off to get the job that I wanted. And I finally got it. I was in Montreal. It was a dream firm. Kind of my, my dream I had for since I was 10 years old, I got the dream job. And I was just in heaven, working 60 hours a week and just loving it, working on the weekends. It's my passion, right? And uh, that's kind of 2021, I had that job right out of school. And then 23, I went to a weekend retreat, similar to Alpha. But you did it as well, challenge. Yes. And it turned out, I was, before then. I was going to church Sundays. I uh, believed in God, but it was less and less important to me. It was sort of Sunday Believed in God, and Sunday was my one-hour-a-week allocation to God. That was basically it. and occasional thought here and there during the week, but it wasn't really a big part of my life other than that. And then I went on this weekend, and it blew me away. And, and God you know, encountered Jesus in a personal way and realized he wanted a relationship with me and that you know, he wanted to be the center of my life, not just a prayerful part of my life. So that was awesome. I came out of that retreat glowing, smiling, full of the Holy Spirit, just, just on fire for, for the Lord for the first time in my life. Went back to work on Monday morning with a big glow on my face. And then two days into my that week after my retreat, I was starting to get depressed. I'm like, should I be here? Like this this job that I'd wanted for my whole life that I loved to do, that I was actually getting signs that I was pretty darn good at it pretty early in my career. I kind of said, this is not holy enough to to work in finance and making money for people and making rich people richer or helping pension plans, you know. Like I just didn't see the, the holiness in that. And I thought maybe I should quit and go build hospitals in Africa or build a, go work at an orphanage or, or, you know, I don't know, I'm a missionary or something, right? And, and so suddenly the, the job that I loved, that I dreamed about, that I was super happy in, lost its flavor, lost its salt really quickly. And I was kind of getting more and more bummed. Like I kind of joke, I had my midlife crisis when I was 23 years old. <laughs> so I was like doing this. It's good to get it out of the way. Out of the way quick, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so kind of having this big soul searching about what I should do with the rest of my life. And it was hard because i Put so much time and energy into this, and so I was lost for two months straight. And then I had a spiritual director who was not a priest; was a, lay, a brother, I had just become a, lay, a brother and a, a religious order. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, "You know, Michael, like, are you good at what you do?" I said, "Yeah." If you love it, I said, "I'm passionate." This well, do not you think God gave you those gifts for a reason? Don't you think God needs good, honest Christian men and women of integrity in the world of finance uh, to give Him glory and do, do things for Him and, and set the example of how to do things properly? And, I was like, wow, that's like, that's, I never heard that before, right? Like it was right. kind of a, another, another eye-opening, mind-blowing experience after my retreat that I had. I said, wow, that, that's so true, right? Like God gave me these gifts for a reason. He, you know, Sidney Crosby is great at hockey. It's like saying, Sidney Crosby, no, don't play hockey, you know? God gave these incredible gifts to be one of the best hockey players ever. But don't play hockey because that's not holy enough. You know, go to the hospital. No, like he gave you those gifts for a reason. use them
0: to glorify God. You know, you can make a huge impact in the world, right? So that's And it's not uncommon, you know, because I, I, I see that as, as people go through alpha, sometimes they have a career crisis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because. The, uh, so I'm so glad you say what you said there. Is this holy enough? It, and I'm so glad you had that person in your life to say, wait a minute, are you good at what you do? And do you love it? Because we need holy men and women in every aspect of politics and law and finance and banking and everything else to bring integrity and to be great leaders in what they do. And so that is so cool. So what happened after that?
1: Yeah. So, so I went back to work and I was liberated, right? I was like, okay, I can, I can do what I love to do. I can use the gifts that God gave me for his glory. Uh, It changed, changed a lot in how I, so I did the same work. I did it with as much gusto and passion as I had before. I loved it as much as I did before, but it changed a lot of the perception about my job in a good way, in the sense that many people define themselves fully by their career, right? So if I'm a success at work, and a success in my career, then I'm a success. I'm a good person, or I'm, you know, I have the sense of self-worth comes from that. Yes. And, and to a large degree, I did initially, but I was striving so hard to achieve that goal that it was a lot about who I was. So if I didn't ace that test, or didn't do well in my first assignment at work, or advance quickly, or, or do well pick the right stuff, make the right investment for my boss, then it was really a combination of myself, right? Mm. With that newfound perspective of God giving me these gifts to serve Him it freed me of that pressure, right? It freed me of I'm going to do my absolute best and all that I have glorify God. But if it doesn't work out, it's not to be all end all of me. Right? right. And I think there's a false narrative in our church that it said, I wasn't less engaged. I was actually more engaged. I was more free, more free to take more risks, to engage myself even more fully without the fear of it becoming a final judgment of myself. You know? And so that, that really liberated me. And I kind of carried that way for the 17 years I was there and I did achieve remarkable things from a professional perspective it didn't succeed very well but people notice people notice that you know in times of stress in times of difficulty under extreme pressure I would not often crack and wouldn't wouldn't kind of cave into those temptations when the knives come out and things they're going bad you're you know backstabbing and kind of just like stress that you have when when your life depends on it when you feel like your life depends on your success crazy stuff happens
0: well, it's a high stress industry too. Yeah. You know, People yeah. get intense about their money. I remember being in the banking yeah. industry before I was in the pharmaceutical industry and I just thought, wow, like people are really intense about money. So that must be a lot of pressure, not only to succeed, but like you say, when things aren't going so well and the market goes up and down. And so that must be, uh, must be a lot of pressure. So it was really
1: liberating and it was really freeing and uh, allowed me to always be aware that what I was doing was for something greater. You know? So I didn't quit my job. I also, you know, realized that the fruits of my profession were such that if you are good, at you will make good money. And I want to do good with the money that I make. right? That it wasn't all for me, right? Obviously there's have some nice things and I wanted a house my kids and things like vacation, stuff like that. But, but at the end of the day, what I was doing was, was to serve God. So both as an example in the workplace, a subtle example, and not like having the Bible every day before work, but like you know, for my colleagues, but just trying to be a better example of, of what I could, the best person I could be every day in the office, and also with the fruits of my work, but actually support things that I'm passionate about, such as evangelization, missionary, mission of our church, you know, and so seeing that we need, we need funding, for it, we need resources for our right. using my gifts in business to help organize the church, so volunteering in those areas, but not necessarily like, you know, doing a 180 and, and becoming a missionary, right, that wasn't for mm-hmm. me, it wasn't the call. you know, uh, another thing i reflected on when we, my sorry i'm jumping around a bit when, when that okay. conversation i had was he asked me do you feel called to go to africa do you feel be called to be a missionary in the emerging world or like opening orphans i said no not really That's not me i don't feel that on my heart i could do it but i'd be doing it for the sense of obligation right it's like god doesn't want you to be doing things that obligation or uh, what you perceive he needs you to do he wants do things that are freeing and liberating for you that would give him glory you know and so i was like that's also a very powerful message. Many people force themselves into roles, I think, because that's that's what they think they should be doing, but they're not taking time to discern what God is
0: actually calling. To. That's a really good point, and you know, and, and we can base those things based on you know good things, but they're still not what you're called to do. Even if it's working for the church, or mm-hmm. I wasn't called to work in the church. Most of my life, I worked like I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. and never felt called until the very end to come into ministry, and I was just as happy doing that as I. As I was when I came into ministry, it's, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I agree with that a hundred percent and kind of um, sometimes even other people telling me what I should do, what they, what they yeah. thought I should do, which sometimes that's part of the discernment process. But at the end of the day, I had a good friend of mine and people used to come up to him and say the odd time, you know, I was talking to God and he told me to tell you whatever the message was. He'd look at them and say, yeah, well, if God wants me to know it, tell him to tell me himself. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is self-discernment in that process as well. And so good for you. You know, if there's some young listeners out there that are wrestling with this, I think one of the key things you said was you had a spiritual advisor, somebody that you could turn to who knew Christ, who cared about you and could help you make decisions. That is so critical. And so then you get this great advice and off you go. Um, It's changed your paradigm, how you deal with people, how you deal with stress. What happened after that? Because so I know more happened. So you tell That's the story. There's, there's, there's 17
1: years. I don't know if you want to fast forward to the second midlife crisis. So, <laughs> so midlife crisis, more in the middle of my life crisis was when I was 37 or 38. So, you know, I had, I had three kids at the time. I built up the business to really. that. At that time, I had my real dream job. Like I was running a billion dollar fund. I was, uh, you know, on top of my game. I basically got to a place where I dreamed all my life and that many people were might to get to. So. Had a partner that I loved working with um just a great great environment for me kind of where I could see myself there for another 20-30 years I literally thought they are gonna you know bury me at my desk at some point there, you know, at the end of my time yeah and and so you know what ended up happening was um I'll tell the conclusion I'll back up a little bit after but sure. what ended up happening was my wife and i getting pregnant with twins and so for for that I had three kids that were under seven at the time and, and I was I'm a high performing person so I was kind of stretching working 60 hours a week trying to still be a great dad still be a good yes. husband all those different things but I always felt the last two years especially really really stretched like feeling like I wasn't enough in all areas of my life but because I have high output capacity I was able to sort of keep it all together without any major cracks happening yeah. in the foundation right
0: yeah but I knew it was,
1: it was hard it's hard to maintain right um and so then we had this this these twins these miracle twins as I call them and sort of like that was like kind of God saying checkmate you know like and so that was really test. Really testing me in terms of, you know, did I really believe what I felt 23 years ago, where God gave me these gifts to serve Him? And, mm. and it was, uh, these gifts maybe have to change form. They had to, how I serve Him had to change in the future. So I made the really hard decision um, after 17 years to basically walk away from everything. I left the partnership, dropped off, like dropped the fund, like basically just kind of tore down everything I built, like walked, walked away cold turkey from the business I built because I knew with two newborn twins, three kids under seven, and traveling, I just travel a lot for work. It just wasn't going to happen. I could not be a good father, husband, and, and a good employee of the company at the same time. I you know, so I literally walked away cold turkey. And, and I'll back up a step. Like the, the crazy experience that I had was, you know, my whole life, I've always tried to give God everything I could, but there was always parts of me that I'm like, I don't want to trust him with this, you know? So I went from Sunday Catholic to God's the center of my life, but don't, these three, four areas, like these, like those are mine. Like my career, I've worked really hard at that. And like this little area here, like yeah. not giving him full control, you know? And literally a week before, I found out my wife had, as was having twins, was I was in the chapel our church I was doing a faith study through Catholic Christian Outreach. It's the second one of their faith studies. In. And there was a, the Holy Spirit. And they, at the end, they ask you to, to give fully to your life to God, like give him everything. And in front of the Blessed Sacrament and opened up my hand and said, okay, Lord, I've never done this my whole life, but I'm ready, finally, after years of resistance, I'm gonna give it all of it to you, my work, my family, everything. It's, it's all yours. Do with me as you wish. Like I'm here and, and it's all yours. You know, and literally like five days later or six days later, Ali and I found out we're having twins. I was like, oh my (laughs) God. What were you thinking, Lord? (laughs) You answered that quickly? What's going on? (laughs) So I knew something was up there. I I knew I had to listen. I knew that God was trying to get my attention. I'm kind of hard to get attention sometimes. So you have to use a dramatic thing like twins to make it happen. So yeah, I walked away uh, cold turkey from my job. Uh, And that wasn't an
0: easy decision for you? Extremely difficult. It was extremely difficult. Despite
1: what I said about not associating myself with it, it was still 17 years of my life. It was still something that I I strive to build I mean, anything, I don't, anyone in the firm built a built a career or built a business or built anything, Built, a, you know, like, it, it's not easy to walk away. It was very, very difficult. And I thought I was going to be miserable. I thought like, I'm doing this because this is, I know where God's calling me to, but it still hurt, hurt like a lot to, yeah. to walk away. And I said, I'm never going to be as happy career wise as I was then, but you know, I'm going to suck it up and, and do what I have to do. This is where I need to be right now. You know? mm. and, and lo and behold, it was, was amazing. I got to see my, my twins grow up and be there every single day for them as newborns. She never got to experience as a. As a busy working dad before that and and also i've I've found a brand new career path last two years been equally or more fulfilling than the previous one where i'm using my giftedness even more and it fits perfectly my family life i'm a consultant now and i I do a lot of consulting and calls and coaching and speech advising and i'm on some boards and it's just really leaning into again to the giftedness that God gave, and and it's been you know financially professionally more lucrative than my old job was and I never in a million years thought. I, thought I was literally going to make no money for two years and have no fun professionally and it's been the exact opposite right so again you know I think I don't think I could have made that decision if, if I didn't have that mindset I think it would have been impossible to walk away or I've would have been so bitter and miserable and so angry right. about it that I think it could have probably destroyed my marriage or even destroyed my chances to have a second career that I really loved I think it just but it gave me the freedom to go no this is literally I trust I trust God that I'm following you here and it's, it's not you know, it's it's me following the path of what the Lord's telling me to do right now
0: this moment. That's really neat to hear because you know one of the statements you made early on is you were describing yourself as I'm a triple A personality. If I can't do something 110%, I don't do it at all. So you get that level of intensity, that level of focus, that level of drive. And then on the other hand, there you are before the blessed sacrament after going through one of CCO's Bible studies and, and, and faith studies and 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 following the process and just Surrendering your a docility of surrendering your life to Christ, but wait a minute, you're a high functioning, high control, high outcomes person. It's like, yeah, those two things can be held in tension, it's not one or the other. It's that's a that's like, I hope people are hearing that, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like it's no, it's not like faith in Christ is only for those people that are on, you know, that are. Aren't really going anywhere anyway, and don't have anything else to do. Uh, so hey, might as well give God your life because you weren't going anywhere anyway. Like it's, like it's like no, that's not what that's not your story. Yeah,
1: no, and I think that's a good point. If I go another tangent, if you don't mind, because we're having a conversation in the car. That's but, right, uh, and it, it is something that really lights me up. There's a there's a false, and I, I'm not a theologian, so I don't want to give any input from uh, doctors of the church here, but I think there's a false theology in our church, in my opinion, as a lay person. Uh, of humility in the sense that humility means if you're good at something, don't be good at it. Let someone yeah. else be good at it or let someone else be better than you. You know, I go back to Sidney Crosby now again, right? Sidney Crosby's playing a 10-year-old hockey in Nova Scotia and he's scoring 84 goals a game. And it's like him saying, no, I don't want to play on the AAA team because right. my faith tells me I have to be humble and the, the last shall be first. So therefore I'll let these other guys make the AAA team and I'll play house league. You know, I'll, I'll never, I'll never ever like advance my skills to play in the NHL because, you know, God's telling me to be humble to me you know, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's what God meant when he said that, you know, it's not about, it's about city crossing these are the gifts he's given you, go play in the NHL, score a million goals, win, win gold medals and, and Stanley Cups, but then don't say it's all about me, 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 me. Give, yes. give glory to God by that, and be an example, and bring others closer to him by your life, by how you interact with it, and bring glory to God, God wants us to see beautiful things, Michelangelo, Sistine Chapel, and I'm not going to paint that, let someone else paint it, because God's asked me to be humble, no, he's giving these gifts for a reason, but don't, Make them like all about yourself. Don't make them like this. It's all because of me. That's that's thing that's what God is saying, being humble, knowing that. Mm. I received gifts in finance, you know, and, and investing and those are great, but i people have other gifts, social workers, doctors, teachers. They're all gifted. I don't view myself any better than anyone else because I'm good with numbers and spreadsheets, you know? That's right. just the giftness that I have. But God wants you to develop your gifts to the, the 110th percent degree. Yeah, be More ambitious in be the ambitious. areas that you're do, gifted. Um, do amazing things for the Lord, but be humble and sense knowing the work I'm doesn't mean don't succeed don't win that 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 I think turns off a lot of successful people I don't know why that false false narrative exists I don't, don't appreciate it I it mm-hmm. turns off a lot of people who have ambition and Alan thrive and go I can't be faithful you know right and be successful actually I just did Alpha with a group of businessmen last last semester in Alpha and that's what I heard from four or five of those guys are like I've gone away from the church because I thought being successful and being ambitious was thinking good with the My Italian grandmother told me about the Catholic churches being humble and and meek, you know, and I go, that's that's wrong. I think I don't know
0: why it's there, but I think it has to change. Yes. Isn't that neat? Well, you know, what's funny, I hope someday I get to talk to Sidney Crosby. I know he was uh, he was baptized Catholic and he comes from a Catholic family. And one of the things they used to say about Sidney Crosby is that he made everybody on his team better. When you turn to scripture, do you have any stories or any scriptures that you look to and go, there's a perfect example?
1: It's funny, I'm, 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 I was reading uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in one year. Not reading it on podcast. I'm not actually not. Won't My wife is doing it religiously every single day. And I'm uh, sneaking onto a couple of podcasts around in the car and listening half-hazardly. So I haven't committed to it, but thank God to her. She's doing it every single day. And I was in the car today with her and she was doing her. said, so, Do you want to listen to it? And, and the reading was about Joseph in the Old Testament, right? Yes. And as you recall, Joseph had the dream about not, not lording over his brothers, but he was the youngest of the brothers, which means he's the brunt, which means he's the least important in the family. And he had this dream about one day I'm going to save my family or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to basically be the most important person in my family. And every had that dream, they got so angry, they threw him in a well and sold him to slavery, right? Yeah. There's an ambitious guy. He had an ambitious dream. He had a dream on his heart going like, God is calling me to greatness. And his brother went, no, he's not. You're going to be sold to slavery. <laughs>
0: We're <laughs> so, sick and tired of hearing your dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah. so that could be, that could be a, a microcosm of our church, right? Like, I'm, I'm called to greatness. No, you're not. You're called to to ability and go, get in the well and get in your place. you know. And so mm-hmm. off he goes sold to slavery. But what really struck me in the passage was everything that happened to him, he constantly strives to be the best and do the best for the Lord in every situation. When he sold, sold it to slavery, he basically... Did such a good job that the, the his slave owner put him in charge of the whole house, right? And then, then Pharaoh heard of, heard of him, and he wanted him to be in charge of his house, and, and then he got you know mistreated or like lied about by his uh, the Pharaoh's wife or the wife slave that they working for, and we got thrown back into jail again, right? And so he's back to square one. But then he became a leader of the prison and helping other people. And the guards like we could leave Joseph with anybody. He's he's so reliable and trustworthy. So every situation and, and, and every part of the Bible said, and the Lord was with him and blessed. Him. The Lord was with him Whether he was in jail in a pit where he was helping Pharaoh, you know, saving his family from famine in Israel and the Lord was with him and blessed him. Right. So in every situation he strove for greatness, he strove to succeed. He was ambitious, but he was serving the Lord all the time. He always was aware of that. He didn't go, Oh man, I'm back in slavery. This sucks. What a, you know, yeah. he just kept,
0: my time is over.
1: My time is over. It's all finished. You know, my life is over. I was on the top and now I'm at the bottom. So I'm going to be miserable and angry the rest of my life because of that. Like, no, he just kept doing the best and also and being ambitious. Right. So, it's kind of neat as we discuss this uh you know me. i heard that we read reading the next day under god saying okay this is a great great example of, of what he's trying to tell us trying to speak to us you know trying, trying to get us to understand it's not incongruent um ambition and serving the lord or not two things that are incongruent.
0: well it's so great i don't know how many times i've read that scripture i've never read it with that thinking in mind like as we talk about this topic and you bring that scripture up i'm thinking oh my gosh like I have to go back and reread it again with that whole, it's a, cause that's an entirely different lens, but it's so exciting because it is. It's completely in line with, he started with the dream and he was ambitious. But your point to the church, like sometimes in the church, if you wanna do great things, it's like, oh, who are you? You're all full of yourself. Aren't you something? It's like, no, I just happen to believe that God's awesome and he can do anything. And if he's yeah. given me this passion, then he's gonna give us a way to do it. And, so many churches think so small, and I think that's part of our disease: is is small thinking and lack of lack of a dream of a bigger thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a stream of our church that 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 dislikes success. You know, that people are people that have success are viewed almost with suspicion or hostility, and again that's not what God is calling us to to yeah. do. And again, and, and I can I can relate. I can say like I know when it was all about me. You know, before my conversion challenge, and even after, because I'm a hard-driving person. When, when I forget that it's not all about me, I can be very hard-driving. I can steamroll people, right? Like when I'm uh, when i focused on a goal. Like when I remember University,'s university, to, you know this group projects. So you had I hated group projects in university, right? Because I'm like I I wanted to get the A so I can get the job that I wanted to get out of school. I knew it was going to be hard to get that job, so nothing was going to get between me and getting my A. And when I was assigned a group project with four people that I didn't know and didn't want to work hard. I could be a real steamroller. And the end, I'd be like, you know, at the end, I would just be like, get in line or I'm just going to do it myself. I would completely like ignore their input because they weren't taking it seriously. They weren't preparing the work. So I was kind of like, I, I steamrolled many people that and I, I need to seek forgiveness for that too, I guess too. But like in a sense, right. and the same thing in, work, in the work environment, when people, it's all about you, right? You're going to steamroll somebody because mm-hmm. your goal is more important than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. When it's about God giving you gifts to, to give him glory, then you want to do the absolute best you can, but you're a little more aware. At least I am. My tunnel vision gets a bit wider. Yeah, see the big picture a little better and go, okay, it's not only about me. I want to get to that goal. I want it as much as I did before, but I got to be aware of the collateral damage or the, the, the mess I can make if I'm just too focused on it, yeah, not focused on the people's, uh, getting them there and helping them understand where I'm trying to get to. Et cetera, right now. so. That, that's something where it's it, you know, thought of liberating and freeing me to be a better person be more successful because if you're a steamroller, you can get pretty far, but eventually everyone around you is, is flat or
0: dead. Right? So, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, well, not very, it's not a very stingable model. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. Well, the the expression, you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a team. Yes. But that, that's a neat definition of grace perhaps is is you know when you get so focused on yourself and where you're going, you have tunnel vision, But but it's grace that, expands your vision a little bit in terms of the impact you're having on the people around you. So what advice would you have for, for people in their early 20s who are, you know, in co-op programs who are, you know, having, you know, they plan to get married someday or, or maybe, they're in, maybe they're in the seminary and, and they're studying for the priesthood. What advice would you have for them in terms of ambition?
1: And I would say, I'd say like, I is something you've, you've talked about before, I've to previous podcasts. but like leaning into your giftedness, like, so understanding one, if you can identify your giftedness, like understand what gifts God's given you or skills or, I don't know, Gallup, the uh, strength finder, whatever, whatever tool you want to use, but yeah, understanding early on what you're good at and what you love, you know, is a great principle. I've always tried to focus my time on things that I love to do that I'm passionate about, that I'm gifted, you know, it's sort of, and that, that's, resulted in a lot of success, right? So focusing your energy on what you're good at, what you love, but more importantly, because you can, that's just practical kind of secular business yeah. coaching advice. But understanding then, spending time understanding where those gifts come from, right? If you understand yeah. that you're gifted in certain things, you're passionate about certain things, understanding, well, well, God gave me those gifts. They're there for a reason. Then you're so grateful for them, right? Yes. And you're like, well, thank you, God, for this giftedness. You know, I know what I'm not gifted at. And I can recognize that others go, wow, that's really amazing. But thank God for that too, right? Thank God for your giftedness. So that combination of understanding what you're gifted and passionate about, diving your energy hard into that, as hard as you can into that, but understanding where it comes from gives you that duality, that purpose, that perspective, like you said, that you can be ambitious, successful, but have that perspective so you're not running people over. Yeah. You're not going hit to the, hit the wall at some point when something goes wrong. Like you have to make a change or you haven't succeeded. It's, it's all over. So I think that, that duality is, is really valuable, and it gives you an unbeatable perspective, I think, from laying a foundation for potential success in the world.
0: I love that. I love that. That's so helpful. I remember years ago, when the very first time I did Alpha, it was in a fellow's home, and uh, we went on the retreat weekend. We went up to a a youth hostel in Cape Breton, Mabou, Cape Breton, and had a great time. And I remember on the way back, one of the guys that, one of the couples that did this uh, Alpha, he was a really, really smart guy, and we're really young and really smart. And his the, the revelation he received when he was prayed with and really welcomed the Holy Spirit into his life was that God had given him his intelligence Mm -hmm. and he felt so bad because he grew up and his sister wasn't school did not come easy to her and, and he judged her and he mocked her and he lorded it over her because he thought, what's the matter with you? And he felt so bad. and I'd loved his humility and grace he realized that because God said to him, I gave you your smarts. So who are you to lord it over others or look down on them? Because you did nothing to deserve what I gave you. That's, that's my free gift to you. And I gave it to you so that you can love and serve others with it, not judge them or look down on them. And I, boy, he was a changed man coming out of that weekend. Like that, that there was the humility <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say that that that's the that's the proper humility i think that that the lord was trying to call us to in our church we understand that as a gift obviously you can receive a gift and do nothing with it like the power of all the talents right where you yes. bury it under the under the, the tree because you're scared but if you if you understand it's a gift from god then you don't lord other, over other people like you said right you're, you're grateful for that gift and you can recognize the gifts and this sense. recognize this thing there's many many things like that I'm, I'm really bad at and i understand that other people are really really good at so i never go well look how good I am at this and uh, why aren't you as good at this? Why my gift is so much more important. I think that's what real humility is. But if you have a gift, oh, God, please use it. Please be <laughs> ambitious with really. it. Please, you know, otherwise, what's the point? Why would God give it to you? Just to say, no, I'm not going to use it. You know, so that's for young people like, yeah, grace your goodness, explore it, be passionate, you know? Yeah. Um, and develop those gifts. So be like that steward that can go back to the Lord and say, you gave me a gift and I multiplied it by 10 times. I used Amen. it and I developed other ones, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and God says, you know, for, the, for whom much is given, much is expected, and to who, yeah. and he'll give much more, like, yeah. he'll continue to give you more, the more you use your gifts to love and serve others, the more he's going to give you, it doesn't make any sense, it's so amazing, it's a I wonderful trust, uh, economy.
1: I have a good friend of mine, I think you also know as well. keep him anonymous, but he said, you know, God entrusted me with this wealth because he we entrusted me with it, right? Yes. You know, so it's like it's, it's, that's the thing where that's how I view it is God's entrusted me with this this financial uh, blessing he's given me and the success I've had with this world because you can trust me. Right? And so if you trust you with it and you do good with it, he's likely to give you more. Amen. I'm, not, I'm, not a believer, I'm not a believer in, uh, what do you call that? Uh,
0: prosperity, gospel. Prosperity, God, I don't yeah. believe
1: in that at all. You know, I think God's right. trusting me with it now, but if he wants to take it all away from me tomorrow, it's perfectly fine. That's right. You know, it's not it's not about me, right? But if, yeah. you, if you're a good steward, faithful with it, and you use your gifts well, why wouldn't God want to continue to bless you with more as long as you're serving him and doing good for all? And if it's not, then it's probably for a reason to, to kind of purify myself or, or streamline myself away from those uh, egocentric areas you can go to
0: when you have success. right? That's
1: so really true. Stay humble, you know?
0: I love that. You had to make a value decision at one point in your life. The freedom you had to make the decision to walk away from the, all those things you built, I know that would have been so hard. But boy, that's freedom. Even though it was hard. To make that decision based on a higher calling, a higher sense of values and purpose, which at that time was your family, and that speaks to the the grip that that you have or on on your material possessions. It's like, yes, and I trust God even more than I trust my career and what my career has been able to give me. That to me, that's freedom, Mike. Like, yeah, I just you're wonderful. I, I love I I love that you've. Come on and share that story, share that struggle, share that tension, because there's so many people, I pray, that are listening right now that are at that place or have kids that are at that place where they're wondering, should I be spending zero time with church and focus on my career? And the answer to that is, heck no. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else shall be given unto you. So, okay, so here's the deal. Your daughter's are all listening to this podcast uh, 15 years from now. So what do you want to, maybe 10 years from now, what do you want to say to them? This is fun.
1: And the biggest gift I've ever received in my life is my faith, right? So like I said, of all the gifts you can ever receive, like a relationship with the Lord Jesus is the ultimate gift. So that is the one gift that I I have a father of five. They're still young. And I can recognize they all have different gifts. They're not all the same, right? Yes. But the one gift I know they've all received is an invitation that God invites us all personal relationship you have that gift you will never be unhappy you will never you know you'll have ups and downs in your life that is the most precious most valuable gift and it amplifies every other gift in your life so that that's my prayer every single day for my girls every single day for our world actually that people can encounter Jesus living Christ in their life you know and that that transforms everything you know and it's transformed my life it's, I just I pray for them that that's what they receive too you know it's, it's personal it's they have to accept it but that, that's my prayer and that's my. Hope. Everything else is is uh, gravy. <laughs> uh, you
0: know, for me. <laughs> so true. So well said. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking. I I love what Mike's saying. I believe what he's saying to be true. I just don't know how to get from where I'm at now to where he's talking about. If there's an alpha around you, look it up, alpha.org. You just punch in your postal code or your zip code and they'll tell you where one's coming up or CCO does these book, Bible studies or faith studies. There are a lot of different tools out there to begin to explore who this Jesus guy is and how and if he's relevant in your life. And so I just encourage you to take the time and invest and you will not be sorry. Can I do one, one? Yeah, please. Seconds. So we're running, yeah. We're, running, we're running Alpha
1: at my parish uh, in three days and actually created a group for businessmen. Uh, so sorry, I'm not trying to be sexist. It's only for guys. I thought guys <laughs> needed guys needed a forum to, to talk amongst men. Yes. And it's at alpha online, alpha.ca backslash. Sorry, alpha. Dot, stig. Stig. C-A backslash alpha. But. There's a specific group just for businessmen. We have two tables, and that's a place to explore some of these. So online, no matter where you're in the world, you can join uh, with a computer. But I think it's a great way to explore some of these themes, you know, of ambition, work, uh, success in the context of Christianity and a racial Jesus It's a great place. Uh, so, yeah, find Alpha somewhere, but if you want to do Alpha, at our more than welcome. Tenacious, I
0: love that. It's Ignatius Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> ah, way to go, Mike. I love it. Thank you so much for making the time. I know that uh, you're busy with your kids and your career, but thank you for sharing your wisdom on being ambitious and putting Christ first.
1: God bless you, Ron. Thank you so much. awesome.
0: Now you know Mike Gentile. I hope you enjoyed him as much as I do. My primary call is to the local church. I'm my happiest when I'm working side by side with the pastor and a committed community to reach the lost and to serve the least. And only 31 days we've had a thousand downloads in 20 different countries. I'm amazed. And as this new ministry continues to grow, I want to thank you for sharing and rating as well as your encouraging comments. If you've been over to our website, ronhuntley.com you'll see that not much has changed. But you can contact us there if you want to see about booking a speaker event online or if you're planning a post-pandemic event. I continue to work with priests and bishops to turn around parishes and help bring them to life. Thank you for your prayers and have an awesome week. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.